The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hoop Bowl Laker Nation, it is time. We are overdue. The Lakers preseason is well underway. Media day is in the rearview mirror. We've got injuries on the team. And I'm back, of course, it's Ethan here on another episode of the Hoop Ball Lakers podcast. And life has just been crazy, man. Let me just tell you guys. I know everybody's mentality these days is pretty much just survive the day and working full-time in high school administration, working with students, parents, families, everybody transitioning back to in-person instruction. It has just been an absolute exercise in resilience. So, I am back nonetheless, and I appreciate you guys sticking with me. Those who are from day one, those who are just joining in, and those who find out about us along the way, usually here with JC. JC always does a good job of introducing himself, but tonight is just me, and I'm working with this brand new microphone that, uh, to be honest, my girlfriend has, and it's, it's really something, so hopefully the sound is even better. Let's get right into it, man. This is going to be a solo edition of the Hoopball Lakers podcast. Going to be another successful season with the Hoopball Network. Dan, Brewski, of course, JC, and all of the fellas. Adam, we do the waiver wire show usually on weekends, but we'll have to figure out how that will work into basketball season because schedules have changed. Things are a little crazy. All of that said and done, we're here to talk about the Lakers. And really, this is our first episode since the action has gotten started. And, you know, unfortunately, those who want to sit here and say the Lakers are closer to an AARP home than they are a championship, which I think just to be honest is such an oversold narrative at this point. But those who want to keep feeding into that are certainly getting a little bit of fuel for the fire here. Okay. Now, Trevor Ariza going down. Trevor Ariza, in case you missed it in the last week, two weeks, in case you missed it in general, because life has just been so crazy for all of us recently, Trevor Ariza underwent ankle surgery and is out for at least at least eight weeks. He will be reevaluated in eight weeks. Okay, so I, I'd be shocked at this point if we see Trevor Ariza before the year 2022. He's going to be reevaluated in eight weeks. So you're talking about, I mean, the Lakers are not going to rush back Ariza at this point in his career. He's going to have to get right. I'm thinking New Year hits, we see Trevor Ariza back in a Lakers uniform. I feel like at the time that it initially happened, everybody was like, oh, man, but it's not that big of a deal. 
And I'm not saying it's some monumental thing that's going to swing the pendulum of a team that has Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James, okay? Don't get me twisted. But what I am going to sit here and say is simply this. The Lakers have made no secret about how they want to play Anthony Davis more at center this year. And in fact, pretty much for the first time in his career, Anthony Davis is really starting to embrace the idea more and more. And I think he realizes ultimately that's the direction it's going to progress because of the direction of the league. And I hope and and I'm sure that he realizes that, look, I should embrace this for my team because we could be really, really dangerous this way. And it's not the Lakers can't be dangerous with AD at the four, but AD at the five opens up all sorts of possibilities. But the thing as it relates to Trevor Ariza is simply this. One of Ariza's best skill sets, one of his most unique qualities in terms of where he is at this point in his career and just overall, is that he is a really good defensive rebounder for his position. And so his presence on the court was going to be pretty important at times where you wanted to play AD at the five to help offset with some of that size differential. And now, today, as of the time of this podcast being recorded, I always hesitate to say today because it's never live. So, you know, by the time everybody hears it, it's definitely not today. It's typically tomorrow or even the next day if you're sticking with me here, okay? But ultimately, at the time this podcast is being rewarded, we learn that Taylor Horton Tucker has to undergo surgery to repair a torn ligament in his thumb. Now, this is horrible news. It's horrible news for a couple of reasons. One is because obviously we all sit here and hoped, right, that Taylor Horton Tucker took another step forward this season. He becomes an even more integral piece of this team, a more integral contributor. And two, it's because it's to his right thumb. That's the shooting hand. So anytime you have to undergo surgery, ligament situation, shooting hand, it worries me. I would anticipate that THT, these types of injuries can range anywhere from four to like 10 weeks, depending upon what it is. And four being on the very short side. I'm guessing six to eight weeks for THT without having seen a timeline. I mean, I feel like everything in basketball is six to eight weeks and then we'll see, right? So more or less, THT is another candidate who we may not see until 2022. Folks, eight weeks from now, we're talking about almost mid-December. So it's not that crazy. So now you've got no THT, you've got no Ariza. Interesting that the spotlight for me sort of shifts onto Kent Bazemore here. Kent Bazemore is one of those guys who can contribute defensively, who can stretch the floor, who can help to play some of those smaller lineups because he does other things. And I think Kent Bazemore's role was a little bit in flux as a result of a lot of these signings this offseason, right? And now becomes a lot more solid. The Lakers in the preseason, guys, I mean, let's call it what it is. It's been awful. It's been a horrific nightmare. And it's not exactly like the Lakers have played their A-plus lineup at any point, okay? LeBron has yet to hit the court. But what I am sitting here and saying is you, you would have hoped to see a little bit more. You would have hoped to have a win by now, at least, right? Even though it's preseason, it doesn't matter. I get it, right? If our team has a crappy preseason, a crappy, crappy spring training, crappy exhibition, whatever it is, we say, ah, it doesn't matter. It's fake. Team has a good preseason. We use it as fuel to hype them up, right? Psychology is amazing like that. 
The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply what we tell ourselves to believe based on the clues that we see in front of us, right? It's this exercise in confirmation bias. So it's really hard to evaluate during games in which they don't really matter. And you see lineups that, you know, probably you never see during the regular season or, or you don't see unless it's out of complete desperation. But let's start with the positives before we get into the negatives, because there have been plenty of negatives too. But let's start with the positives, okay? One positive for me is Malik Monk. Malik Monk looks like he could be a Jamal Crawford type of player off of the bench for this team. And I think that's going to be important as the Lakers progress forward here. I think Malik Monk can definitely be that player. I don't think Monk should be in the starting lineup. I don't think that should even be a consideration just because there's not enough There's not enough room for him there. And what I mean by that is you've got LeBron, you have AD, you have Westbrook. Anyone else who's around those three guys, when they're on the floor at the same time, they should almost never be looking for their shot. Right, they're, t- offensively, they they're they're a ghost out there, more or less. Not to say they're incapable, but they're not going to get a lot of run. It's always going to be about those three guys. So I think Malik Monk should come off the bench, and I think that's that's a role that really suits him well. Kendrick Nunn, same thing. Kendrick Nunn's going to have to really work on his efficiency. Basically, to me, whichever of Nunn or Monk is going better in terms of their efficiency and their three point shooting, right? They're probably going to play more than the other one. Dwight Howard has at times, I emphasize at times, Dwight Howard has at times looked like the kind of player you hope he can be for this team. And a lot of, a lot of people sit here and say, well, if AD is going to play center, what's going to happen with DeAndre Jordan? They just signed him. What's going to happen with Dwight Howard? They brought him back. Okay, there's 48 minutes available at each position. I don't care what you call it, how you slice it up, all of those things, but that's the reality of the game here. So let's just say, let's just operate in this reality that DeAndre Jordan is the starting center. If you, if you remember, there was a period of time not too long ago in which people openly mocked. They said, ha, JaVale McGee, starting center. What a joke. Remember that? I believe it was the same year that the Lakers actually won the title. So people get fixated on all these ideas, okay? DeAndre Jordan has flaws. Don't get me wrong. Moving laterally not a strength for DJ. Not rotating on defense is a strength sometimes. And I know I said that kind of backwards, but I was trying to figure out how to phrase that and make it nice, but I don't think there is a way. DeAndre Jordan gets the rebounds that come right to him because he's around the rim. He's capable of blocking shots and he's a serviceable center for very limited stretches. And I think the JaVale role will suit him beautifully. 
DJ should play six to eight minute stretches. You're talking about 12 to 16 minutes a game at most. So that means you've got 32 to 36 minutes available. If Dwight plays 18 of those, that's anywhere from 14 to 18 in the middle for AD, and I think that's your split right there. I think Dwight winds up with more playing time than DJ, even if DJ is the starter. But I think they all serve about equal minutes inside. And the Lakers look like a team that haven't played together because let's let's be honest, guys, they haven't. It's basically a whole new team again. That's one of the things I think in Frank Vogel's job with this team, and I know he's been rewarded with an extension as a result. But for as much as we talk about that Frank Vogel hasn't gotten the credit that he really deserves, and you know, while any team that has LeBron and AD and now Westbrook, if they're going well, you're never going to talk about the coach, I get it. I think he's done a pretty incredible job of not only keeping his temperament, although at certain times I wish he'd get a little bit more fiery. I know he's better in game situations, but I mean in post-game situations. But beyond that, I think, you know, with all of the new parts that have been interchanging at any given point, I think he's just done a remarkable job of, you know, keeping it together. And again, that's also a credit to LeBron and AD and, and you know, Rondo and the, and the leaders in that locker room, Carmelo, et cetera, et cetera. I know Rondo, the return, obviously he has a lot more credit than Carmelo, but those are some big voices in the locker room. I've seen a lot of memes, you know, comparing this team to the Lakers team that brought in Carl Malone and Gary Payton, right? And everyone said, oh, yeah, and the team that had Steve Nash and Dwight Howard, and oh, yeah. Look, I was excited about Steve Nash. That was a freak injury. Yeah, he was older, and at that point in his career, he wasn't Steve Nash from 10 years ago, but he was still more than a serviceable player. I mean, you're still talking about a Hall of Fame player, and a freak injury ended his career. The Dwight Howard trade, the Lakers, that was a gamble. The Lakers, you know, they felt like they had to take at the time, and I think anytime you gamble on a superstar, I think it's it's really hard to say it's the wrong move. Especially a superstar that was looking to be traded, right? So I'm curious to see how Russell Westbrook continues to integrate with this team. That is one thing that I'm definitely watching for, right? I know everybody kind of laughs when he said he had, he had nine turnovers the other night. Three of 12 from the field, nine turnovers, eight points. You know, the, the, the type of line that just would not sit well if it were the regular season. You know, the game before that, he wasn't a whole lot better, though. A lot of turnovers. Three times more turnovers than points for us. One of seven from the field. I mean, he's, he's clearly feeling his way out there, right? Clearly feeling his way. I know I said LeBron hasn't played. He's played one game. Uh, that's, that's, that's how much the preseason matters. LeBron's played one game. But Russ hasn't, it, it hasn't been there for him yet. Again, preseason doesn't matter, right? I'm curious to see what style, the style in which AD plays this season. I really hope that he's aggressive. I really hope that he's aggressive in getting his shot. I hope he's aggressive in, in calling things out offensively. I want him to demand the basketball. I am also curious to see about his performance on the free throw line. Last year was such a weird year for AD. AD, who's been this remarkable shooter, especially for a big man, right? Especially for a big man. It's just like he lost it at the free throw line. And then it got so far in his head that there was no coming back. And it's just so incredible to me that something like that can happen. With this Lakers team, the other thing that I want to see is I want to see LeBron really just... I want him I want him to own it with those guys too. 
Like he at this point, especially, he does a great job of sort of talking up guys. Oh, AD is incredible, man. And, you know, Rajon, we're just so fortunate to happen. And now you add Russ and it's just, and that's great. And there's, there's high value in that from a team culture perspective, from a leadership perspective, from a cohesive, connected community perspective. There's high value in that. But when those guys screw up on the court because it happens to everyone, including LeBron, I need him and, and those other guys to own it with each other. None of this, you know, ah, I'm the best player out here. I'll wipe it off. No, just own it with each other. The team chemistry already feels so much better with this group. I keep saying it to anyone who will hear me listen, uh, talk about the Lakers, who will listen to me, which I know sometimes is an exercise in and of itself. Trust me. I'm reminded of that often. Ha ha. Funny jokes I make on this podcast too. I follow a bunch of different Instagram accounts and one of them is, you know, overheard LA. This girl goes on a date and she's like, oh, what do you do? And the guy's like, oh, I have a podcast. And she's like, yeah, it's L.A. Who doesn't? Give me a break. Everyone can have something. Doesn't mean they're all good. Doesn't mean they're all worth listening to. Doesn't mean everything is worth supporting. I love my friends. I love the people who are close to me. I love everything about what this life has given me. Not everyone's worth supporting. Sorry. That said, you know, continue to create, be creative, be inspired. Back to this podcast after that minute sponsored by TED Talks. I'm curious what the starting lineup will eventually look like. If I had to play the game of predicting it right now, you know the big three are in there. The question mark is really who starts a quote-unquote shooting guard, and I say quote-unquote shooting guard because that person will probably take five shots the entire game. Is it Wayne Ellington? Is it Kent Bazemore? Is it Kendrick Nunn and they play a weird backcourt? It's a really odd scenario that the Lakers have now because of no THT. If THT were healthy and this didn't happen, honestly, I kind of wanted to see him start. Like part of me wanted to see him start. But again, I don't think there's enough room for him, even though he makes mistakes and he'll continue to make some mistakes, but he has to clean it up. He has to be better about that this year. I just don't think there's enough room for him in that lineup, which is why a guy like Ellington or Baysmore makes more sense. And then I think you probably have LeBron at the three, AD at the four. And I think you play Jordan at the five. I think that's how the Lakers are going to start it this year. I really do. First game of the preseason, Lakers started DJ. Third game of the preseason, Lakers started DJ. Fourth game of the preseason, Lakers started DJ. I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense. That said, the Lakers starting lineup will definitely change throughout the season. There is no chance in this world, no chance that it will remain the same through 82 games. No chance. And that's not a bad thing. That happens to almost any team. Okay. This is not like germane just to the Lakers. But these two injuries, you know, someone, someone hit me up on Twitter today and we're like, hey, if Ariza and THT are a big deal, you got to be a little bit worried about your depth. It's not the Lakers aren't deep, but I'm worried about the fit of those two players. The Lakers already needed another wing besides this who could be a 3 and D guy. So in my opinion, they were already short there. And now you wipe out both of them, basically. So it's not about the total number of players going down. It's about the positional fit and importance of the roster structure on this team. And free agency, as JC likes to remind us often, is, is bare. It's empty. There's nothing there. So it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for the Lakers, but it's not going to be impossible. 
That said, every team is going to give them their best effort every night. They're still the Lakers. I know they're not the team right now, but still the Lakers. Everybody's coming for them. Teams like the Bulls, and I say the Bulls because I just, I've, for whatever reason, I've watched a lot of them this preseason. Man, I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. But teams like the Bulls, they're going to be running and gunning. They're going to give everybody a, a, a fun show every night. And if an older team, dare I say, like the Lakers, were to come into Chicago, third game in five nights, second game in three nights, whatever it is, short rest, easily a scenario where the Bulls win. There's no one in the NBA, no one, where I say, well, that team is inconquerable. Not a single team, not even the Lakers, let's be real. And I don't think that's bad for the league. Have you ever seen such engagement of players in multiple markets? Right? Like when I'm not doing the high school administration thing, when I'm not serving the purpose of my career, on weekends I've been working at the, at the sports card shop that I grew up going to. And people come in, and, you know, in, in L.A., and of course they're looking for Kobe's and LeBron's and all sorts of Lakers, Clippers. But people come in and they say, hey, do you have any Evan Mobley? Hey, do they have uh, they have any cards yet for you know Karis Levert uh, wearing uh, wearing his new uniform? Hey, how much KPJ do you guys have? I just think it's awesome, man. I mean, the Rockets suck, and yet KPJ is one of the most popular you know sort of requests that we get. So I think it's great for the league. I'm curious to see also, you know, as we sort of evolve this episode, right? I'm going to go for a little bit, a little while longer here, not too much longer. Just sort of these open questions with the roster. And hopefully when you guys listen to this podcast, something I would really appreciate. Any feedback or any like unanswered questions for you after after listening to it really helps me. And I like interacting with people who listen. It's enjoyable for me. So one of my other questions is how Carmelo, you know, not how he fits, but how he plays. Like, will he play within the system provided to him or will he try and be like sort of vintage Carmelo Anthony, for lack of a better way to say it, knowing like I'm not expecting vintage Carmelo Anthony. People are going to hear that and go, dude, what? It's not what I'm saying. But I feel like Carmelo has on some level and probably more recently than, you know, historically wanted to be a Laker. He and has specifically wanted to play with LeBron. So, like, as a result of that and, you know, being a Kobe guy and all of the ties to Lakerdom, is Melo going to come out and try to play like Melo with the Knicks back in the day? So, like, sort of winning the hearts of Lakers fans because he plays that mortar style, for lack of a better way to say it, as an homage to Kobe? Or is he going to play just within the system and whatever comes to him comes to him? Because I think it's going to be the former before he probably transitions to the latter. And we'll see how that goes. I think if he struggles, the transition will be faster. But if he if he's going strong, like Melo, the first three, four games of the regular season, right? Let's say he shoots like 48, 50% from the floor. He's averaging like 15, 15 and a half points a game, playing 20, 25 minutes. You know, he's going to continue to play like that. So between him and Malik Monk, I mean, those are two guys who are going to have to contribute off the bench. And the same thing goes with Kendrick Nunn. I feel like Wayne Ellington is probably – like Wayne Ellington is is definitely a better fit offensively in the starting lineup, but Kent Bazemore is probably the better defensive fit in the starting lineup. So I'm so conflicted about how that can go. 
And I'm also curious to see how fast and how hard they push AD to the center button. What their center rotation will look like. Yeah, I sort of gave you my prediction what I think it will look like. But I'm curious to see what the Lakers have in store. And I've talked about this before, but it bears repeating, especially with the construction of this roster now. We're at a point in which the Lakers basically, not to say that they've abandoned defense, but they've clearly prioritized offense. And so what Frank Vogel has this team, what he has this team able to do is going to be perhaps the greatest testament to his coaching yet defensively. I am hopeful. I am optimistic. I am definite that it will be entertaining. I don't think the Lakers enter the season as this overwhelming championship favorite, but I do think they're firmly in the conversation. I still think LeBron is one of the best five players in the league without question. And I know opinions are conflicting about that, but really, I just, I'm sorry, I can't. I can't even hear it. I can't even hear it. If you ask me to bet on a trio, I would bet on the Lakers trio against anyone else's with the exception of maybe Brooklyn's. And probably would bet them against Brooklyn's because Kyrie, it sounds like Kyrie's going to miss half the games this year. Which is just, you know, that's a whole different episode of this podcast. That's how we'll say that. But I'm also the guy responsible for hosting COVID-19 vaccination clinics on my school campus. So you figure it out. That's simple math. As we progress on the show, we'll figure out the right cadence for the season, how often we'll bring it to you guys. You know, we don't do a lot of post-game stuff only because it dates itself so fast, and we really try to prefer to focus on analysis, forward-thinking stuff, especially as it relates to this team. And, you know, we'll figure out how to interact with you guys more. We enjoy talking to you guys as well. I know JC would say the same thing. So make sure you're following us at Lakers on Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts on Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast streaming from. I enjoy hanging out with you guys as always. I appreciate your time, appreciate your interest. Feedback is welcome. Find me on Twitter at Ethan underscore Noroff, N O R O F. But until next time, I'm out. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.